Welcome to Garfo Talks, a podcast from the Greater Atlantic Regional Fisheries Office located here in Gloucester, Massachusetts with Cape Ann TV. We are part of the National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration's National Marine Fisheries Service. My name is Jennifer Goebel. I'm the region's public affairs officer and I'll be your host today. Our guest is Ryan Silva, our cooperative research liaison in our sustainable fisheries division. Before we launch into questions about cooperative research, Ryan, please tell us a little bit about yourself. Sure. Thank you, Jen. And thanks to Cape Ann TV for giving us a few minutes to talk about cooperative research. Um, I've been working with the regional office since 2005. Uh, Since I started, I've always been in the Sustainable Fisheries Division, which is responsible for implementing fishing regulations and making sure that uh, fishery rules adhere to the Magnuson-Stevens Act. Um, But since I've uh, been with the Sustainable Fisheries Division, I've been involved with cooperative research. In 2008, I took on a new position that focused solely on cooperative research as liaison, and the position has evolved a little bit over time. Uh, Currently, I'm most focused on implementing what are called the research set-aside programs, and we'll talk a little bit about those later in the podcast. Um, I also support cooperative research activities and efforts generally for the office, and I oversee uh, permitting for research activities as well. How did you get interested in cooperative research, and can you tell us about what kind of background you have? Of course. Um, cooperative research really is a natural fit for me. Um, I grew up in Martha's Vineyard. I grew up chasing fish and chasing waves, so I really have an appreciation for the ocean. I have a lot of friends and family involved in commercial fishing, so I have a, a lot of respect for what it takes to make a, a living on the water. So. Uh, Having that kind of foundation, I I went into my, I guess, academic career where I got degrees in natural resource studies and at the University of Massachusetts, and I got a a graduate degree from the University of Rhode Island in fisheries science. Um, And while I was at the University of Rhode Island, I really got an exposure to cooperative research. Um, My master's thesis entailed working with commercial fishermen down in the Chesapeake Bay on their uh, their pound nets, trying to to figure out ways to make that fishery... uh, uh, not catch endangered uh, loggerhead and Kemp's Ridley sea turtles. So taking that experience, I came to the regional office where I got a lot of exposure to the regulatory world. Um, so co- cooperative research is really a blend of all three of those areas, the, the commercial fishing, uh, the science, and the management. So it really is a good fit for me. Um, so you can, can you tell us a little bit more about cooperative research and why NOAA does cooperative research? Sure. Um, Cooperative research isn't anything new. It really is just getting people together with different areas of expertise to, to try to tackle a common challenge. So in this case, and in, in our world, cooperative research is working with the, the, the fishing industry, uh, with scientists and managers, getting everybody together uh, to try to tackle some of those common challenges. Um, particularly with respect to commercial fishermen, they, they really have a unique skill set that you know, not a lot of people have. Um, they you know, they're on the water a lot, so they know the waters well, they know the fish they chase well, um, they know their fishing gear and how to manipulate it so it can target fish in various you know, times and areas. Um, they know how to operate a vessel uh, in adverse conditions. So they really have a unique skill set that really works well when you're trying to do science on the ocean, and specifically looking at um, issues relative to commercial fishing. So there's this skill set that, <clears throat> excuse me, that's important. But including that, there, cooperative research, you know, I think most people familiar with uh, commercial fishing and fishing regulations realize there's a, a, a gap in, in uh, trust between the, the fishing industry and with NOAA, uh, the regulatory agency. So cooperative research really 
is a is a way to get people um, together to to try to figure out how to address some of these uh, big challenges that we face. So, um, what kind of uh, programs does NOAA have specifically that support cooperative research? Well, luckily, I'm I'm not the only one that thinks cooperative research is important. Um, NOAA has put a lot of uh, uh, resources and uh, time and energy into supporting cooperative research. Uh, it's, I think most people recognize that it can be a very valuable tool in, in informing um, science and management issues. Um, so, so within the region, there are also a lot of different programs that support cooperative research. Um, there's the Northeast Fishery Science Center. They have their cooperative research program. Um, Dr. Bill Karp at the Science Center has been a big supporter of that program, which is run by Dr. John Hoey. Um, and just uh, in our office, uh, John Bullard, who's the regional administrator for uh, the, the region in the regional office, has also been a, a big advocate <clears throat> for a cooperative research. Um, so there are lots of people, uh, leaders and staff involved in supporting cooperative research. The, there's lots of programs in addition to the cooperative research program in Narragansett. There are the research set-aside programs, which I'm most uh, familiar and involved with. Uh, those are really unique programs that are set up jointly between the management councils and, and NOAA, uh, the regional councils, meaning the fishery management councils that are tasked with developing fishery management plans for uh, our, our, our region's uh, species. Um, there are a couple of national level programs that have a pretty large presence in our region. Uh, the Salt and Stall Kennedy Grant Program, which a lot of people are familiar with, uh, is uh, run out of our headquarters, but our grant office in Gloucester here is uh, very involved in, in supporting the review of those proposals. Um, there's another program that I'm uh, closely involved in, the, the Bycatch Reduction Engineering Program, uh, often referred to as the BREP. Uh, that program focuses on supporting research that can help uh, develop fishing gear and fishing practices to selectively target uh, the target species. So overall, how much money would you say that NOAA puts into cooperative research every year? Uh, it varies from year to year. Um, based on federal appropriations, which certainly aren't always consistent. Uh, but generally speaking, there is a pretty large investment financially in supporting cooperative research in the region. Um, I would, you know, I would, I would guess any approximately 20 million or 20 plus million dollars is uh, available for people in the region to support their uh, cooperative research activities. Um, I would say half of that is, is specific to our region, meaning that through the, the Northeast Cooperative Research Program and the research set-asides. Um, and then the SK, the Salton Saul Kennedy, and BREP programs um, are also available nationwide. Um, but given the Northeast actually has what, I, what most would say is the, the most active cooperative research community, um, there's lots of private institutions, state management agencies, universities that are very involved with working with our uh, fishing communities and, and, and addressing some of these research issues. So in any given year, uh, a large portion of those funds that are reserved for SK and BREP are, are end up in our region. One of the programs that you mentioned was the Research Set-Aside Program. Can you talk a little bit about that and, um, and what your involvement is and what kind of programs, uh, what kind of research that funds? Of course. Um, uh, the RSA's uh, Research Set-Asides are, are really interesting and unique to our region. There's, we're the only region that has RSA programs. Um, as I said, these are programs that are set up, established by the, uh, the, the regional fishery management councils. 
So what they do essentially is reserve a portion of the quota for the applicable species, um, and those, those fish are then awarded through a competitive grant process uh, to address uh, fishery-specific issues. Um, in our region, there's three programs that are currently active. There's the scallop research set-aside, uh, herring, and monkfish. So in any given year, we're running grant competitions for those programs to address research priorities that are set up by the council. Um, it's, it's a, it, the primary aspect that's very unique about the program is that successful applicants aren't awarded money. They're actually awarded certain amount of uh, scallops, herring, uh, monkfish days at sea, and then the grant recipients go out and partner with the fishing industry to utilize that award to generate the funds to, to fund the research. Um, <clears throat> the, with, the, with the funds, there's a, there's a sharing uh, agreement between the, the vessel and the researcher. Essentially, during the harvest of the set-aside, a portion is used to compensate the vessel for their time and effort for harvesting the set-aside, and then there's the portion that goes to the researcher to fund the research. Um, and then certainly a lot of those vessels are also going to be involved in, in the research activity itself. So it's, it's pretty unique and it actually creates um, a whole different dynamic to this grant program that is a challenge for us, but one that we, uh, we think we're on top of. Um, it's also unique in that there's a lot of buy-in from the fishing industry for these programs. Um, because essentially a portion of the catch is reserved to support this research activity, um, that's a portion that's not available to the, to the fishery to harvest and, eat, and, and, make their, and make their living. So there's a lot of interest, which is great from the industry uh, in these programs and also a lot of support. So we, got a lot of, we, we get a lot of people at the table talking about how we can make these programs be effective, uh, run smoothly and produce the science that's most um, relevant and useful to manage the fishery. So can you talk about specifically what, what kinds of projects are going on in our area? Sure. Um, there's lots of activities going on in our region. Um, and it's, it's, you know, I guess it's hard for me to, to, to pick out some one or two projects. So I guess I'll, I'll focus on the research set-aside program. Um, there are several projects going on in our region uh, that, in our, in our locale, right off Cape Ann, that, um, folks might be interested in. Um, in. In each of the program, I'll use an example. Under the Herring program, uh, there's an award to the University of Massachusetts at Dartmouth. Uh, they've been awarded, set aside to help the, 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 the commercial herring industry avoid river herring. So river herring's a stock or a species that's uh, made up of alewife, alewife and blueback herring. They they're anadromous. They spawn in our local streams and rivers. Um, those, that species is not doing so well. So there's some limitations on the commercial herring fl fleet that harvested sea herring, a different species. Um, there's limitations on that f fishery uh, to ensure that they don't go over a certain level of catch for that species. So the University of Massachusetts working closely with the Division of Marine Fisheries, uh, the Massachusetts Division of Marine Fisheries has been sampling the, the, the commercial catch, looking for levels of river herring catch, and also providing uh, reports back out to the, to the fleet about areas to avoid because of elevated bycatch levels. Um, in the scallop fishery, just this summer, there was a scallop survey. Um, there are many stations off, uh, right off Cape Ann. Um, there was stations in Ipswich Bay, up on Jeffrey's Ledge, down in Tilly's Bank, and that project is trying to gauge the, 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 the health of the st scallop stock in the Gulf of Maine. So they conducted their survey um, and provided their research re results to the New England Council just this past week. 
and those, that information should be very helpful in the council in making management decisions on effort, fishing effort levels in the Gulf of Maine. Um, and not to leave Monkfish RSA out of the picture, there was, we actually are reviewing a final report that was submitted by the University of New England. Um, they were conducting a study to look at discard mortality of winter skate in the St. Gill net fishery. So the goal of that project is to gauge the likelihood of a skate surviving capture once it's discarded. And their findings are actually relatively consistent with some other research, but interesting. Um, winter skate are, seem to be very uh, resilient to the capture process, and of, uh, the level of survivability is actually quite high. So we're, we're excited to, to uh, finish up the review of that final report and get that information out to the public and to the council so that they can be aware of that information. Interesting. So. Um can you tell me about what are other things that are going on in cooperative research um, besides uh, the scallop research set aside, or the, besides the research set aside program? Sure. Um, well, there's a lot of things going on with the program, and not just the research that I think I can touch on I th that I think might be of interest to, to highlight some of the activities that we're up to. Um, first up, we're actually getting ready for an annual meeting next week in Narragansett. Uh, we have a, a national cooperative research working group that gets together each year. Um, there's representatives from each of the region, and they will uh, send uh, representatives from the southwest, the southeast, the northwest, Alaska, and the Pacific Islands. And we all get together to talk about some of the research activities that have been going on in our regions, um, some of the key findings. We'll talk about uh, some of the administrative challenges that we all face uh, in this in this uh, in the world of government, and also uh, do a little bit of socializing. Um, we're we're preparing for. I've been involved in uh, uh, developing a workshop for actually regional office employees that it's collaborative in nature. Uh, we're going to be bringing. Uh, staff that are well-versed in the regulatory policy world up to New Hampshire and working with UNHC grant. Um, we're going to meet with them and some commercial fishermen to, to learn more about commercial fishing gear, um, really help educate staff about how gear is designed, um, how it's deployed and operated. We're going to spend some time out on their vessel. So we're really looking forward to um, conducting that workshop. Um, do you um, ever do any research projects that have to do with recreational fishing? We do. Um, and traditionally, there's been more uh, effort and focus on commercial fisheries. Um, but in, particularly in recent years, as there's been constraints on some of the recreational fisheries, particularly here in the Gulf of Maine, uh, with the status of Atlantic uh, Gulf of Maine cod, we, there's been research done by the University, uh, from, by the New England Aquarium, working closely with the University of New England and the New England Aquarium. Um, to look at the survivability of haddock and sublegal cod. So when those fish are caught, what happens when they're discarded? Do they survive? Do they not? Um, there's also been, they've focused on developing uh, fishing practices and uh, behaviors to try to improve the survivability of those, those fish. Um, they've also been doing some interesting barotrauma work. So barotrauma is something that happens to fish when they're brought up from depth. Um, their, their swim bladder expands and it can create damage to their organs, but also make it very difficult for them to descend back to the bottom. So there's been research in recent years on ways to put those fish back down to depth. So they've been testing that out on cusk, which is a, a species of concern in our area. And they've been finding some uh, interesting results there. So, um Looking back at, at all this kind of different kinds of work that you do, what, um, um, I'm 
Actually, let's backtrack. Um, <laughs> if someone wants to apply for a cooperative, cooperative research grant, how would you recommend that they start? Well, first off, people should let us know. Um, we're, always, uh, we're always interested in getting more people involved in cooperative research. Um, so I'll certainly provide my contact information. Um, we can add folks to email distribution lists to let them know of different uh, funding opportunities that are coming up. We, we, you know, we, we encourage people to net, if they have ideas to, to, to network with other individuals that might be able to inform their, their project. Um, we do have some resources available that outline the different components to a, a, a good research proposal, um, from the introduction to the study design and analysis and that sort of thing. So I think the, the but the first step is really to um, be well in tune with the, the question that folks are interested in uh, pursuing and reaching out to people that may have information that will help uh, refine their research ideas and, and, and let us know. Okay. So, Ryan, looking at all the things that you do, what do you like best about your job? Well, I do. I, I, I love getting out in the water. Um, I wish I got out more. Unfortunately, that's not a regular part of my job. I love getting out on the boats to see the research uh, firsthand. Um, but with that said, I, there's all, a lot of other interesting aspects to, to my, my job that I, that I enjoy and appreciate. Um, I think going back to kind of my general interest in cooperative research, I think in our world, of fisheries with the, the fishing industry and the scientists and the manager, managers, there is a tendency for there to be divides between those groups and I, and I like uh, helping to blur those lines and those divides and, and, and mess up that, that, that tendency. Yeah, we definitely need that to happen. So looking ahead, uh, what are you looking forward to? Oh, I'm looking forward to this competition. We have a scallop competition underway right now. So the scallop RSA is soliciting proposals through the early part of October, and we're really, in, I'm interested in seeing what we get. We, it's a very strong program. There's a lot of a very active researchers that that typically submit proposals. So I'm interested to see what they come up with this time. Um, so we have our work cut out for us uh, in that respect. Um, big picture wise, I think we are still we have we have work to do on making sure that all of these investments that people are making, from the commercial fishing industry to to the government, that the uh, those investments are really paying off and that the research that's being funded is is bearing fruit and that information is available for people to use uh, when they're making decisions. Um, so that's work-wise. Personally, I'm looking forward to the next couple of months, uh, the fall, and getting out in the water with my kids. I uh, really enjoy boating on Cape Ann, um, you know, chasing fish still, and occasionally chasing waves, and also getting down to the vineyard and seeing family. Okay. Well, Ryan, thank you so much for taking the time to talk to us today. That's our podcast for today. Thank you for listening. If you have any questions, please feel free to contact me at 978-290-0203.